You are listening to the MS Power User Podcast. This is episode 66, recorded Friday morning, September 22nd. Each week on this podcast, we discuss the latest news about Microsoft. That often includes Surface, Xbox, Mixed Reality, Skype, Word, Outlook, and Windows. My name is Vernon E. L. Smith, and I'm joined, as usual, by Andy Bennett. Good morning, Andy. Hey, morning, man. How are you? Um, I'm going through some dad emotions. Uh, I am a father, and then every once in a while, my emotions do rise, bubble up to the surface. My daughter, I, a 17-year-old daughter, I just uh, took to the airport yesterday morning. She's just going down for a casual, long weekend for her boyfriend's eight, 18th birthday down in New Orleans. And, um, and that's where he lives. That's not, they're not going to like Bourbon Street or anything. Um, and, you know, of course I was, you know, a little bit sad, a little bit, um, concerned, but most definitely proud of how she's been maturing and handling these type of things, uh, herself. She, you know, set it all up. She just asked for permission. Hey, can I have two days off from school or three, I think two and a half days. And, um, she, you know, booked the she she obviously has has a job. She booked the flights, did everything, got it all set up, made sure she had the the her boarding information, like uh, you know the right IDs and everything like that. Yeah. And um, didn't even need, need me to walk her up to security or anything. So very proud, a little sad, but she's uh, she's a great girl, and I'm glad to see her her growing, growing up. So yeah, dad emotions yeah. there. <laughs> And I'm reshingling my roof, which uh, is difficult in the rain. So that's there's that. Yeah. And really, I mean, I would be totally fine with swapping our weather. I showed Vernon before the show, and yeah, I think it's weird how we get to the weather talk too I don't, I don't know if too much, but regardless, it's sizzling here. And in two days, it's going to be 90 degrees in fall. It is, this is usually not what happens. But Ohio, really, it's a coin toss. It doesn't matter what time of year. You throw a coin up in the air. If it lands heads, you get warm weather. If it lands tails, you get cold weather. There is no pattern here. Well, we have had more rain than usual, but we've also had incredibly warm weather, which has been nice. But those things combined, uh, last night driving home, or this morning, I should say, driving home from work, was man that was a cool thunderstorm just really really awesome uh you know electrical storm yeah fantastic to watch um it didn't rain too much didn't ruin my roof too badly but as far as it being 90 degrees you know swapping our weather um you know i have shingled roofs in 90 degree weather it's not that much fun <laughs> but as far as the roof itself you'd rather keep the water <laughs> you know you don't yeah. want water when you're roofing so yeah um yeah yeah the, the funny thing about storms is that like if they're not dangerous or don't hit a place that's inhabited like say there's a place out over the ocean or an island or whatever that no one can live in and a hurricane happens to go over that that's what i would call a natural wonder instead of a disaster that, that's a good point. I agree with that because it is incredible to see the power that nature can, you know, put together. Yeah. It can whirl together, you know, if the if mm -hmm. the conditions are right or wrong, you know, 
And recently there's been some substantial natural disasters or storms in, in the country, obviously. And it's very, very sad for the people impacted yeah. natively by those. Mm-hmm. But it is so incredible to see, like you said, the natural wonder of that as opposed to the the disaster yeah. part of it. Mm-hmm. We live in an amazing mm. world. But part of that amazing world is quite the opposite of that. From nature we go to technology. Yes. So we talk yeah. about insider builds pretty much all the time on the epi- on this podcast and this week is no different. Yeah. This week is going to be yet another short bit about the insider builds though because we are of course nearing the rtm or whatever term you would like to prefer or maybe rtw or release to web whichever for you know the fall creators update which will come out on uh what was it october 17th i think so we're hitting the home stretch we've got let's see we got a couple of weeks to go of course just under a month and Donisar Carr mentioned on Twitter today, if this will <laughs> load, that we're not going to hit the home stretch. We're going to see a lot of stuff go by quickly. We're not going to see any build announcements. We're not going to see any major features getting added to anything. We're just going to get a lot of builds. But so yeah, we, you know, we're, we're nearing, we're nearing the release. We're going, we're just going to get a lot of stuff sent out to us if you, we're in the fast ring. And if you're on skip ahead, you're going to see very little for a while. Now, additionally, it should be noted that uh, there are still some app updates that are heading out. And skip ahead is the only one getting those app updates right now. So you might still get some interesting things in there for what it's worth. Now, fast-ring users do have something to look forward to. Look, to, They do have something to look forward to in the most recent builds, though. If they happen to own a Surface Pro 3. This is, they've finally made it safe to install builds on Surface Pro 3s again. As a build 16294. And they say this build has the fix for the bug that was causing some Surface Pro 3 devices to appear in an unbootable state where the Windows OS will not load and appears to be stuck on a spinning dot screen. After installing this build, Surface Pro 3 devices should no longer get into this state. If you have a Surface Pro 3 in a bad state, follow the instructions on this forum post. And of course, that text is a link to a forum post. You can, of course, head to the Windows blog and take a look to get it. But you can get back up and running that way. And I would assume that the uh, way to fix it would probably, and this is not after looking at or anything i haven't looked at of course i don't have a surface pro 3 but i would assume i would assume it would be running a recovery image or something of the sort from a usb drive yeah okay then next is a bit bigger news although that's not really the hardest task possible that the windows store is being rebranded to the microsoft store in windows 10 Hmm. Ooh, boy. Well, I I like the idea of having everything, um, just like the the main company, the umbrella part. You know, Microsoft does a lot of things. Uh, them selling an Xbox game, or Microsoft selling um, a movie or something, doesn't directly have anything to do with Windows. 
okay? I mean, you may use Windows in one way or the other, you know, slightly to, to, to view that. But I think it does make sense to go broad with the Microsoft branding. Um, you have a, a counterpoint to that, which does make a lot of sense too, though. Hmm. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about this, I believe, is that it kind of indicates that Microsoft is going to turn the Windows Store into something more, or so it seems. Like, as it is right now, the Windows Store contains a lot of content. And it should be noted, I think, that the current app name is just Store. The official name is the Windows Store, yes, but the name of itself in Windows 10 is just Store. If you were to go to the S section of your Start menu, you would find the Store alongside a couple of other stuff like sticky notes and whatever. Now, the thing about this is that, uh, getting back to the content of the Store, it's got... You know, you've got the home section. That's your hub. It's a bit of little bit of everything mixed in. You've also got apps, games, music, movies and TV, books, and all that stuff is completely sensible. I mean, it's a very good a, a variety of content. Now, the way this stuff relates to Windows really is that it it works on Windows, and that's and that's what counts. It seems. And the name Microsoft Store kind of implies that Microsoft is going to start selling Microsoft products in there. And they already do sell stuff like, uh, say, you know, the upgrade to Windows 10 Pro. That's sold in the Windows Store. So that that, that works. But Microsoft Store, that, that name, I do believe that implies th that we'll see stuff from, you know, the Microsoft Store on the web. Where you can pick up, say, Surface accessories, maybe even Surface devices themselves. Maybe you want to buy a new Arc mouse, for example. You could place an order right through the store itself. Now, I do believe that uh, recent Xbox preview builds have something similar where you're able to order Xbox accessories like headsets. So this does make some sense. Although, one could also argue that the rebrand isn't even needed because buying Windows accessories from the Windows Store makes as much sense as buying Xbox accessories from the Xbox Store. Regardless, I think a debate over a slightly different name isn't the important part. I don't think anyone's really going to care at the end of the day. They go, they go to the store, they download an app or two, then they can just do whatever. I think the issue that's, that can be caused is that they are changing not just the branding name. The branding name is the Windows Store, yes. Then it'll change to Microsoft Store, yeah. But the app name, like I mentioned earlier, is just store. So if I let's say someone who is not the most technically technologically illiterate, they'll go to the S section of the start menu. They click store. That's how they get to store. They could pin it. They could put it on taskbar. Whatever. This person doesn't really know about all that. They just know. Okay, this is grouped by letter. Store starts with S. I'll go there. All right. App name changes to Microsoft Store, and it's now under M. Why is it there? Given the fact that this would be an app update, it might not even ship with an operating system change. Like, or, you know, you wouldn't even get a cumulative update before this or something like that. You would, which is how a lot of people, a lot of people that I knew, they realized, oh, my computer got an update, something might have changed. And the Windows Store does not tell you 
that name that apps have been updated unless you update them manually, which is something I've noticed. Meanwhile, go to say Google Play, for example, because I've got you know I've got an Android device. If any of my apps update automatically, it doesn't have to be started by me. I will get a notification telling me they've changed, you know, that they've updated. And that is something that I think is kind of necessary on Windows if they're going to change this. Because something Microsoft does not seem to understand with Windows 10, and they haven't seemed to understand, is that you can't just go around changing certain little things with, without confusing people. Now, some of these maybe some of these changes are going to be worth it. Like, say, a name is slightly confusing to begin with, like a... What was it? There was a, a My Music in Groove or something like that. That was a, a, the, the recommended playlists. And they just changed it to recommended. That's perfectly fine. That, that makes more sense for more people. It does lose some branding appeal, but it makes more sense for the masses. And that I understand. And the name Microsoft Store would be perfectly fine if that was the name of the app from the start. All I think is that just changing things around when you have a lot of people using your product who heartily know how to use it to begin with, you can't limit everything based on them. But at the same time, if it's something small and inconsequential, you really should keep them in mind. Okay. Additionally, there's also a brand new icon for it, which uh, includes... Microsoft logo colors, and this icon, you can see it on the site. You just go to the site. Windows Store is being rebranded to Microsoft Store on Windows 10. You go to that article, you can see the new icon, and it's early. I hope this isn't the final icon because it uses multiple perspectives. You see that it's, a, it's supposed to be a shopping bag, much like the current one, but the current one has consistent perspective. It's kind of tilted. It's a look at it from the side. I look at this and the bag itself is flat. The handles on the bag are from the side. So it's very cheap looking, very weird and rough and early like right now. So yeah, I would hope that would change. Maybe they'd go f they they should either go full flat or they if they're going to go with stuff at an angle, then by all means go with that. But yeah, Additionally, there is something to be said, potentially, about the fact that they are having a colored icon here, which, no, I, aside from Paint 3D, which the, the app icon for Paint 3D is 3D itself, it kind of fits the app theme, does not necessarily fit the Windows theme, where everything is a simple white icon, so, yeah, it's, it's all inconsequential, most of this is inconsequential at the end of the day. But, yeah, I, I do hope they put some more work into some areas here. Vernon, do you have any thoughts? Well, yeah, I, I shared my thoughts on the store earlier, and it's just, and, you know, whatever. Icon's an icon. Yeah, we can nitpick about it. We can talk about how um, the OneNote icon, for especially on mobile, had been one color for so long, and it was misleading, and now it got changed to a better color. Um, you know, whatever. Moving forward, um, the next item on the list here is more Surface Pro news, actually a Surface Pro leak. Um, Surface Pro LTE is coming, or at least we believe so. 
This has been leaked by a UK online retailer. What is the name of the retailer? Misco. I'm not a company I'm familiar with. But they've leaked. They believe they um seems they've leaked that the Surface Pro with LTE will be coming later this year. That is welcome news. That is something that I find valuable. I use LTE on my Surface 3 just as a a companion device it works very very well when it comes to like going to conferences taking notes but still staying connected not having to fiddle around with the you know the, the on-site Wi-Fi and what have you um, I, I see the value there uh, the the models or the options for this <clears throat> will be um, well it's probably not going to be every every option it seems like it just be like with an i5 8 gig and um, 256 of storage there might be other options to that too i would imagine um the cost looks like it's going to be about uh just under 1200 pounds and the difference price difference would be about 145 pounds uh as far as in in the uk and that's similar to what the you know the version um for <clears throat> surface pro in the u.s is about 150 so i like that I like the concept of that. It's it's we're going to see more and more of that, and um, well, I think it's coming in. What is it? Where did I see it? May? No. Do you do you see this, Andy? I don't remember. Yeah, oh, I, December. I see, I see December. It. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the store mentioned that it would be December. Microsoft themselves they did officially mention this device, but with a vague later this year, I believe. And then after that announcement, they didn't speak about it again. And and actually, that was a, that was announced back in May with the latest Surface Pro, I think. Uh, then, mm-hmm. speaking at, of, uh, well, speaking of uh, of the UK and Microsoft uh, Store, which well, Microsoft. Wait, wait a second. About? Before before we move on to the next one, I do want to say though, there is a a new another conference in London next month. And Panos Panay will be there, so we think that Microsoft might officially announce this device at that event. Hmm. Well, that'd be good. That yeah. would be fantastic. Yeah. Well, uh, there is, uh, there will be a new, there will be a flagship Microsoft store in London. That is, we've been hearing rumors of that for a long time. It's now been official. It is now official. And it will be... Um, it will be opening it on Regent Street at Oxford Circus, um, not an uh, area I'm familiar with, but that's um, it's in London. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to say about this. I mean, it's a good thing. It's nice to have things happening overseas instead of just the U.S. Microsoft has been very U.S.-centric, obviously, and broadening out is um, fantastic. Yeah. I don't know what yeah, else to say nice about to it. See. It'll be nice to see more Microsoft support outside of the United States because right now, if you want to be a Microsoft fan, you're also probably going to want to live in the United States. Given all given all the stuff like SA, you know, Cortana functionality, which has spread out to other countries by now, yes. But at launch, you know, for example, Cortana was U.S. only. A bunch of Remix 3D stuff was U.S. only at launch. I don't know if that's still the case. But they, Microsoft keeps a lot of stuff locked down by country and not just language. So 
if they continue to keep on reaching out to other countries, that'll be nice for sure. I don't think there is no downside to that. It'll be nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> on the lighter side, every year, and I don't remember the date, and it doesn't really matter, you can look it up. Every year in uh, September, there is national or international uh, Talk Like a Pirate Day. And I guess this week, it, this year, it was Wednesday of this week. And uh, Outlook <laughs> managed to go with that theme for a little bit. That's fine. Um, yeah. I can't <laughs> believe they linked to, to torrents right on Outlook.com. Okay, that's a joke. But no, they had a button yeah. that would enable Talk Like a Pirate Mode in Outlook. So if you clicked the little skull and crossbones, you would get a very very uh piratey outlook.com and it, it it was it's funny for five minutes i guess where you know you, you ch it's changed to piratey terms you got your loot box you got your hunting for treasure you got you got your messages in a bottle it's stuff like that mm -hmm. so yeah exactly funny for well probably less time that it took for us to even mention it i don't know we'll see yeah, I, was, I was slightly disappointed by the fact that it didn't instantly translate your emails into pirate speak although i imagine that might become a bit of an issue for some pranksters in an office somewhere well you could still do that there's <laughs> there should still be somali in there somewhere and those really are that would be our modern day uh version of pirates right Moving forward from that um, polarizing statement, apparently. Um, so, uh, why don't you cover this next one? I'm not familiar right, with it. All right. <laughs> the Windows Mixed Reality PC Check app that we talked about last week has now been updated, and the, the update's a important one, as it fixes a bug, and now it actually works. Last week we talked about the app and mentioned that at the time of writing, or recording rather, the app was not functional by any means. It would not give you a proper diagnosis of your PC to see if it was capable of supporting either Mixed Reality or Mixed Reality Ultra, and now it can. So, hooray, clap clap, hurrah. Another, but the thing is, the app is still a little confusing with its diagnoses and needs to really be a bit clearer with what needs to change. Like, for example, uh, it's got three different states. It's got a green check mark, which is obviously, yeah, that part's fine. It's got a, a you know, the, what do you, what do you call a triangle warning sign with the exclamation point in the center? Is there any official name for that? Just a warning sign? Like a road sign, you mean? Or what yeah, do you... Well, I mean... I guess, I guess I'll just call it a warning sign, whatever. I didn't know if there was an official name. But, uh, you know, they got a yellow warning sign for something that can be changed. And then they have, of course, the red X for, no, this is not, this, your computer is not able to support this, it cannot be changed. So, like, say, for example, uh, the processor on your PC wasn't capable of handling that. That would probably get a red X, maybe. But, so then, it's got some bits of it that are just a little confusing and could be better explained, such as showing the informational warning sign next to your graphics driver. Does that mean you can update your PC's graphics driver and suddenly run mixed reality? 
it doesn't tell you. So that's an area where they definitely need to get to work. But the fact the app is even here is nice. Mm -hmm. Now, also on the subject of HoloLens, Ford seems to be a big fan. Now, Microsoft has partnered with Ford for HoloLens. I've, I've seen the logo in a couple of uh, places at conferences, for sure, when Microsoft has their big reel of, here are our partners, here's the people we're working with, and I'm pretty also pretty sure they've showed up in at least one of the promotional videos. What Microsoft is currently pushing HoloLens at is two markets. You have developers for consumer applications, and you have enterprise usage. Of course, enterprise usage is also in development, but Microsoft's goals for HoloLens in the long run seem to be just as much with business as they are with consumer, which makes sense, and even Google is wising up to that and is pushing... Uh, they pushed the new generation of Google Glass to enterprise only, which was a much better field for it, honestly, and it's a place where it's actually getting some love. Well, anyways, Ford seems to like HoloLens still, and according to Jim Holland, Ford's vice president of vehicle components and system engineering, it's hard to overstate how radical this is, and that's in reference to what you're able to do with HoloLens. When developing a computer-designed part or crafting a full-size clay model, it could take days or weeks to finally look at what the designer wanted to see. Even the sketching process can soak up weeks of work before the team moves forward with an idea or determines it might not be feasible. With HoloLens, we can go from a digital creation to looking at it in full scale and analyzing its effects much, much faster. We can look at the hologram blended with the vehicle in any direction, too. That's not something you can do on a computer screen. And this is, and ending, that's the end of the quote, but. This is where augmented reality becomes very important, I believe, and where it will vastly improve productivity. Like he says, you can just look at the hologram blended with that vehicle in any direction. So, let's say, uh, you know, you're, you're testing out component designs, be it for anything. First off, you have to find out what size will this model fit in where I'm going to put it. How can it be tweaked afterwards? How, what's the smallest we could go? What's the largest we could go with this part? How wide, fat, etc., etc. So, for example, uh, let's say there's a 3D modeling app. Maybe not 3D modeling exactly, but there's an application for HoloLens in the works at an enterprise company. And this is just hypothetical, but it seems to match up. And it's my idea of what Ford is talking about here, where you have an application that will let you adjust the size of a model. So maybe a tire. We get we gotta find out what kind of tire we're putting on this car. So as you're as you're there with your HoloLens looking at the at the car, it'll it'll of course snap the model into the car. It's got algorithms and whatnot that figures that out. It scans that area around you and determines what surface is what. So once you got that wheel in there, you start using the controls in the software to adjust that model until it's what fits that part. And that, that can save you a lot of time, like he said, you know, like developing computer design parts or crafting full-sized clay models. It could take days or weeks to finally look at what you wanted to see. This ditches that entirely. And that's very impressive because you're dealing with something that's much more real than any of that. 
And it's, it's a very interesting future we're going into. And I do hope that it gets to consumer and not just enterprise at the end, because knowing Microsoft, who knows what could happen during that. But Vernon, what do you think about this? Uh, overall, I mean, um, I think it's wise for uh, to use this tech going forward anyway. It makes sense for a company to embrace it and not be caught um go behind it like to be to be following it makes makes sense to lead um it also makes sense for a big company to take this on to embrace it especially if they know that they are getting favorable something from microsoft either whether it's direct money here ford here's half a billion dollars say you like us or it is uh just getting people just getting extra spiffs or getting to work more directly with Microsoft or first, you know, first party apps and things like that. Whatever that is, it's, it's wise for big companies to work together on things like this, especially when it comes to mm, well, moving forward and uh, embracing new tech. Personally, I really do like Ford and many, many other things that they've been doing well for the past, as long as I've been driving a vehicle. And as soon as I've been driving a vehicle, I've been driving them that, vehicles that were two to three times older than me um mm -hmm. but <clears throat> um i like fords i like the technology i actually really like ford sync which i think the oldest vehicle i had that had ford sync was 2000 2007 i think mm -hmm. which really is actually pretty early on in the uh i think what's the term tele telematics telematics uh, basically, you know, right. your, your connectivity in a vehicle. And I've had newer vehicles um, from reputable companies that still have pretty weak telematics. And so I think Ford, with their sync system, was, was leading the way with it. They did lag just a little bit. I know um, Volvo, which actually is part of Ford, but let's see, Volvo and especially like Audi and and companies like that did a great job catching up and exceeding for a little bit and now sync has begun to catch up or lead the way um at least in the mainstream market um not necessarily on really high-end uh vehicles like actual luxury class but as far as a luxury Amer what's the term a luxury american vehicle uh ford is is doing very well with those um, as far as their, their telematics and mm -hmm. I think HoloLens, I don't know exactly where HoloLens could fit into necessarily using you know, in the vehicle. There's always ways you could do that, but I think, um, yeah, there's, there's potential, but I think, I think it's mostly just going to be production. Yeah. When we get to consumer HoloLens, maybe for a passenger, I feel as if we've had this talk before. It sounds kind of familiar, but like, a, it, it's very possible. I, I mean, the, the options for, are endless. But we yeah. have to ensure yeah, there's safety. There's options we have to it. make sure people mm -hmm. are are making mm -hmm. wise choices while in yeah. in a in a yeah. piece of equipment that is dangerous and yeah. moving very quickly. So to to integrate Hololens um, with say a vehicle, they'd need an iteration that was as obtrusive as glasses are right now. I think you would need something that couldn't really impair visibility much. Say maybe something that had a you could have a speedometer. You could have a 
gas. You, you wouldn't all, all, some of the contents of your dashboard, but it would have to be tucked in such an unobtrusive way that it wouldn't mess with your view. It wouldn't it wouldn't cause you to keep taking your eyes off the road. And it's it's a delicate balance. And one wrong and one wrong step, and suddenly your car is totaled, and maybe someone else. Yeah. So it's a place where and you got to be real cautious. So even with all the precautions put in there, just look at uh, electric cars or self-driving cars right now. There are so many um, stigmas. So the 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 battle, the media battle, or the battle for mindshare is just as as strong as the actual technology battle. If a um, if a self-driving car, or let's just say a Hololens car that has whatever Hololens put in there somewhere does something bad okay has an accident which of course there's vehicles that have accidents all the time but since it would be a higher profile type of a, a, a news item it's going to have huge ramifications people will um we understand how the media works if people are going to flip out and there'll be just huge negative impact to whatever company is trying to to do something awesome with new technology and who knows, maybe from a, whatever you want to call it, a moral standpoint, people can make the argument that we shouldn't do this thing. Whatever it is, we should, humans should not do that. But most of the time, it's just uh, a pushback that people are not used to that, change mm -hmm. is bad, all that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just a, a level of comfort that we need to move back into instead of being uncomfortable about something new and different. But, um, and yeah, as technology gets improves, as self-driving cars become better, uh, well, what's keeping us from, I mean, wouldn't we rather have a HoloLens on your head watching something or enjoying something or whatever than, let's say, a, a VR, <laughs> you know, which is literally blocking your sight? Um, if we trust, um, well, if I, we get to the I, point I where think, we trust self-driving cars, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, just I, think of... Hmm. Think of the point where where we're going to have a, a cab, you know, a, a self-driving cab. Um, that's basically the same as having a self-driving car, uh, because if you trust the the self-driving cab to do the right things, let's say it's on a rail, right? We yeah. do this all the time. We have automated um, transport that are that is on a rail. It doesn't mean that a, a mistake can't happen in which um, a rail diverter or like you know another tr vehicle is on the same rail. Those things happen. I mean, they're you know the subject of of um, action you know action movies or thriller movies or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, I think when it comes let me to automation, finish the thought here. Okay. Yeah. Let me finish the thought here that uh, we trust those things okay a street car can go up and down you know a, a street there might still be a driver but we trust that it's not going to jump the rails it, they can jump the rails so same thing with a self-driving car right now we freak out about it eventually we will trust that it's working well we need to get to a point um, where am I saying this there will still be accidents things will still happen we just need to reduce the the number of accidents enough to where we're comfortable. Um, and unfortunately, the comfort level actually has a lot more to do with the mind share than it does to the than the actual statistics 
of uh, a self-driving car failing versus a human human guided car failing um that's probably a good place to end it anyway that's probably enough for hololens moving on what do we have for xbox stuff this week andy all right yeah, this is a very xbox heavy week and really most of them are anymore since there's a lot going on on that platform as uh, you know development for You've got development for the Fall Creators Update equivalent going really fast right now. You've got the Xbox One X coming out in November. And you've got Forza Motorsport 7 coming out next month. And so there's a whole lot going on there development-wise. And this week is no exception. First off, the Xbox One X's standard version is now available for pre-order. There were pre-orders available since Gamescom, but those were the Project Scorpio Edition, which Scorpio Edition was basically the early, early, early adopter version. It included, yeah, just slight cosmetic tweaks on the console and the controller where it said Project Scorpio, and then... It also had a fancy box that looked like the original Xbox, and that's also a nice touch. But it's not the end of the world if you can't get one, you know? So the standard edition is now available for pre-order instead. Presumably all, almost all Scorpio stock is completely out. And this, this is the same price, the same features, the same hardware... The only difference is a label on a console, a label on a controller, and a box design. And you can find this at just about every retailer you'd expect, although I've heard that they're apparently selling out quite fast at other places as well. Like, you know, uh, let's see, I'll bring up Amazon real quick, but it should be the same $500 price for the one terabyte model, but Xbox One X, I take a search, yeah. Xbox One X currently unavailable. It is sold out on Amazon, likely the same case at Walmart, but you know, you can check all the same retailers you would expect, maybe Newegg or someplace like that. Go take a look around and see how it's going. But yeah, the Xbox One X pre-orders have been selling very well, and I'm honestly quite surprised. I don't, I don't think that that uh they're providing limited stock i mean that's always a possibility but i've seen a lot of people on the inter on social media who i actually know and people who i don't know of course as well that are genuinely excited for this so yeah it's doing better both on social media and on pre when it comes to pre-orders than i had actually expected so yeah that i mean xbox one x is doing very well and it's november launch should be pretty exciting Okay, up next, Forza Motorsport 7, a title that will be enhanced for the Xbox One X and comes out uh, in October. I think it I think it might actually be October 17th as well. Maybe. Uh, not sure. So Motorsport 7. Yeah, let's let's do a quick search here, but it went gold. Okay, it comes out October 3rd. That's my, that's what I was sure earlier, but uh it is it it went gold a week or two ago and they announced that a demo would be available well the demo's here it's out now on xbox one and windows 10 
weighs in at a little over 22 gigabytes, so you're, again, as always, you're going to have to determine if, you, if you're on a cap, is it worth that much data for a demo? And it's a pretty impressive demo, to be quite honest. It's a, it's very fast, it's very exciting. It's Forza, which is, kind of to, which is to be expected. And it's very, very, very good simulation racing. And this one will let you compete, uh, complete a few different races on some really stunning-looking tracks. And that's, and I, that's just my experience with the standard Xbox One version, where performance is perfect. Controls are tight. It just feels very good to play, and for anyone who has a fancy PC, presumably they would have a very good time with the 4K assets and whatnot. And getting to see how that looks on Xbox One X is going to be cool. Okay. Up next, all the Xbox 360 Halo games can now be played on Xbox One. Previously, Halo Reach and Halo Wars were already available to play, and Halo Wars did get a remaster, but the 360 versions were available too. And as for the other Halo games, playing them was technically possible through the Master Chief Collection, but there is a variety of differences that have been that have been bugging people. For example, there's been a lot of issues with matchmaking in the Master Chief Collection. There's been issues with of how you can hardly customize anything in the Master Chief Collection. Various and there, then there's various people who are far more hardcore than I am and and are complaining about the hit detection, the responsiveness of the controls, how everything overall feels, and the conclusion that the original version of Halo 3, which is not even 720p and runs at 30 frames per second, somehow manages to feel better and play better than the version that's at 1080p and 60 frames per second. And, yeah, I... Don't totally understand it either, but that's just how it is. So there's been some real hype since the, the announcement a month or two ago. That is part of the summer of Halo. All of the game, all of the games on the 360, Halo 3, Halo 4, Halo 3 ODST, and Halo Anniversary would all come to backward compatibility. Well, they got it out on the final day of summer. It took it took them a while, and they said, you know, we've had we had some problems along the way. We're keeping work up, and people kept asking, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Will it even be out before summer's over? And it was, just at the, at the last minute. Oops. And so yeah, all these as with any backward compatible title, you just put the disc in your Xbox One, and you can play. Although if you own it digitally, of course, it's just going to be in your ready to install section. And Halo 3 is very populated already. I mean, yesterday I put it, I put the disc in, I took a look at the player count. It's over, over two and a half thousand people were online. And that was probably before most people were even off work. So, yeah, that'll, if, if you want to play some classic Halo 3, the meant it was, the way it was meant to be experienced, go for it. This is your chance. And also, hopefully, Halo 1 and 2 the original format of it will become available when the original Xbox backward compatibility is possible, just because I like having the complete version of everything. Alright, finally, Xbox insiders on the Alpha Ring can now use third-party webcams for Mixer and Skype, which uh, I'm pretty sure previously this was locked to just using Connect for video, so 
So starting today, support for USB webcams on Xbox One arrives for Xbox Insiders and the Preview Alpha Ring, including the ability to plug in and use them for broadcasting on Mixer. Those within the Alpha Ring of the Xbox Insider program will see this functionality as early as today and rolling out to more Insiders in the coming weeks. So what this means for, say, Mixer is that if you were playing a game and wanted to include a box of yourself in, say, maybe the top right corner, so as you're playing Forza, you people can see your reaction in real time or something like that. Well, you can you can do that. Just hook in, hook in the webcam, aim it at your face, set things up in Mixer, but right before the broadcast goes live, presumably, and there you go. You've you've got it. Now I also think that some functionality is coming coming later. Like you'll see more support for more webcams as time goes on of course and yes it'll also i think it'll also be pretty good in skype since skype on xbox one was just audio calls if you didn't have a connect like if you had a headset hooked up you could do audio calls but no connect no video so it's nice to see this function functionality expand especially as i mean let's say i've yeah, I don't know where I'd go with that, but whatever. It's it's a good feature. There's it's it's gonna be good. Okay, Vernon, got anything to wrap us up with? I have nothing more to add except that this has been another fun episode. Um, I didn't really say much. <laughs> Maybe that's what made it good, right? Um, <laughs> thanks for listening to another episode of the MS Power User Podcast. Um, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, listeners now would get some interesting value out of going back and listening to some of our first episodes. I don't know exactly <laughs> what you're going to get out of that, but I just it was just a thought. And I know that uh, sometimes <clears throat> I've enjoyed be, listening, to some, listening to some older ones. Yeah. So make sure you follow the site on Twitter at MSPowerUser. Of course, go to the website itself, MSPowerUser.com. You can follow Andy and I on Twitter. Andy is there at FusionFan45. I'm on Twitter at Vernon. Changed. Yeah, well, it's, it's not bad. <laughs> and I'm on Twitter at VernonEL. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you want to hear more um, and all that. Tell your friends, family. Yay, you know how podcasts work. This has been another episode uh, that was fun. <laughs> I don't know what I said yeah. that. <laughs> Take care, everyone, and uh, y yeah, have a great yeah. Microsofty week. I don't think I've ever said that before. Yeah, I will say as one final note that I have that as I go to edit this podcast, I will have three different scam calls to edit out from people who are claiming to be Ohio Edison and want to look at my electric bill. So far, I've told them that I am Amish. I run on solar power and that and that I am very busy. One of those mm -hmm. is true. <laughs> yeah. Take care everyone. Have a great week. Yep. Bye.